if I had to title my message, which I did, <laughs> because I was like, you got to know, Dave's got to know something to put up. Um, it's keys for a rising generation. And this can be applied to if you have just been in church for one week or if you've been here for the 35 plus years. This is something that you can keep applying and keep doing. And it's may sound, some of it may sound a little basic, but I love basics. Yeah, just there's just different things that come in different seasons. And if you take on the, the persona of, oh, I've heard that before, then you'll miss something. And I think that God is really taking us somewhere. And if we're not really have our eyes set and really have a heart to receive, we'll miss it. And you'll be like, oh, wait, what happened? Well, this is going to help you to get tuned in. So keys for a rising generation. The first one is be a generation fully given to and fully taken by the Spirit of God. So be a generation fully given to and fully taken by the Spirit of God. And I'm going to, I always back things up with the Word of God because it's not just my opinion. It's the Word of God. So if you go to Ezekiel 47. I'm just going to read a couple of verses, but you can actually read through the whole thing when you have time. But it's, um, it's in Ezekiel 47, verses 1 through 5. Then he brought me back to the door of the temple, which is the house of God. And there was water flowing from under the threshold of the temple toward the east. For the front of the temple faced east. The water was flowing from under the right side of the temple, south of the altar. He brought me out by the way of the north gate and led me around the outside to the outer gateway that faces east. And there was water running out on the right side. And then the man went out to the east with the line in his hand, a line in his hand and he measured 1,000 cubits. And he brought me through the waters. The water came up to my ankles. Again, he measured 1,000 and he brought me through the waters and the water came up to my knees. And again, he measured 1,000, and he brought me 1,000, brought me through, and the water came to my waist. Again, he measured 1,000, and it was a river that I could not cross, for the water was too deep, and water which one must swim, and a river that could not be passed. And I remember when this scripture came out in prayer, and it was just like, oh, you know, I'd heard it. I've grown up in church, heard this thing where it's like the water was flowing from the temple, and he came, and the guy went and measured it, and First, it was like up to his ankles, then it was up to his knees, and then to his waist, and then it was overtaking him. And I'm like, God, what does this mean? Well, first thing is water was flowing from the temple, the house of God. So water, living water, the Spirit of God is flowing from this place, flowing from the house of God. When God calls a place, he doesn't call it to just be dormant. But this is a, this is a I mean, for us to be around for 30 plus years, there's obviously got to be life here. So you got, right, right, Annie Yvonne, there's got to be life if you've stuck around for this amount of time. Because life is flowing, flowing. the Spirit of God is, and, but we can't just allow it to flow into the temple and not do anything in our own lives. So here's the deal, you can allow it to come to your ankles, which is, you know, pitter-patter. Everyone, anyone been to the beach and you, you don't want to get wet when the thing, and you're like, oh, you know, and it's just to your ankles, you can dip your toe in. You can go to your knees, which is kind of like, hmm, yeah, this is nice. You can go to your waist, which is kind of like, oh, okay, you know, I'm, I'm committed. But I want to tell you about those three things is when you get into water, and think of when you go to the beach or you go to the pool, if it's ankle, knee, or waist deep, you can still maneuver yourself. You can still, everything is in your control. You can still, if I want to turn and go this way, I can go this way in the water, come on visualize with me if you're in the water, that you're just kind of, it's, it speaks of 
yourself and still the flesh is controlling and there's a mixture. There's of just a, I'm in, I'm out, I can get out. If it's in my ankles, there's not really much happening. If it's in my knees, it's okay. Even my waist, I can still maneuver. And this just speaks of your flesh and your, your uh, uh, natural self is still in control. And what you need to allow is the spirit to be in control. And that's why it says in the verse, the water was too deep, water which one must swim, a river that could not be crossed. So this is like water that comes up. Now if it's up to your neck, I, you can like do it like this, but the water is what is carrying you. You can't maneuver yourself, and that means the water is just completely taken over. So that's what we've got to come to. We've got to come to a place where the Spirit of God is fully, we have been fully taken by the Spirit of, fully given to the Spirit of God. Like it's fully taken over a life. We're not in one week, out one week. I mean, yes, we're going to struggle. If you've been here 35 years, I hope you have struggled. I know I have. But the Spirit of God is what carries you through, what carries you through, what gets you through, what, when the good and the bad, he carry, the fully given to and fully taken by the Spirit of God, it's just, I, I, sometimes I can't even like put words to what it's like. Because even when I'm praying and I'm thinking like, God, thank you so much for what's taking place in my life or what's happening, like the words just aren't there. Because I know it's nothing of me. Like I could not have um, conjured up any of this. It has to be by the Spirit of God, things that have taken place, even the bad things, even the tough times but the spirit behind it. So we want to be overtaken by that water, overtaken by the spirit. So deep you are carried by it. So deep that you're just completely led by it. So deep that um, you, you just know, you don't have any doubt in your mind like, is this me? Is this my thinking? What is this? No, I know that this is the spirit of God. I, when, I, when I'm asked to do something or when, I'm asked, when I want to talk to someone and really share the word, is it going to be me? No, it's going to be the Spirit of God coming out of you, coming out of you. So it goes in the temple and you can be overtaken by it. So which one will you be? Will you be the one that ankle? Will you be like knee deep? I mean, it's not bad because you're still connected with the Spirit, but do you really want to be like overtaken, really want God to really lead you? Because when you're trying to lead yourself, it's going to be like, I mean, you'll go haywire. Your head will just be like, ugh, like one day you'll be up, one day you'll be down. And it's just, it's, I, it's not fun. <laughs> it's not fun to be up and down. Who wants to be up and down? But when the Spirit of God, you can have tough times, but there's, there's just life, there's strength. You know, it says in his word, the peace of passes all understanding. That's can what come. So which one will you be? How will you be overtaken by the Spirit? And I just another point is uh, another point in that is when the water level rises, expect things to come up. I know no one wants to hear that, but when the water level rises and it's rising, I believe it's really rising in this season. Things will come up, so stay in the flow of the spirit. Um, do not abandon. Don't abandon. And when it gets tough, the water level's rising. Things come up. Think about when water. Everything buoys, everything comes up. So don't be surprised when you're like, oh, I'm really given to the Spirit. And hey, what's that? Oh, I don't have that offense. Where did that come from? Oh, it just popped up. Or, oh, I thought I dealt with this issue. It just popped up. Because what you've got to do is things will start to come up so God can begin to clear that and so that the water becomes pure. Yeah. 
So don't be surprised as it rises up. And the reason I'm saying this, this was like I have it highlighted, underlined, is because if something hasn't come up, it's going to. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Especially if you are really given to this place, it will come up. Don't be surprised. In fact, just be like, whatever, God. I give it all to you. Because, and I believe it's coming now because we're entering, a, we're 30 years, significant time. We're entering a really, a, an amazing season. So don't be surprised. Um, and so when you're fully given, I'm not going to read it, but if you just make this note, in verses 8 through 12, it shows the outcome of what it was from that, that, that water flowing. And just a couple of things. Um, every living thing that moves, wherever the rivers go, will live. There will be great multitude of fish because these waters go there, for they will be healed and everything will live wherever the river goes. So wherever the river goes, wherever the Spirit carries you, there'll be life. There'll be healing. This is the outcome. There will be fruit. It will not fail. They, they will bear fruit every month. Every month they will bear fruit because their waters flows from the sanctuary, their fruit will be food, and their leaves are medicine. This is, things are going to flow out of us. Things are going to begin to, I mean, if you thought you've done good things in the past, great things are going to begin to come because healing is going to flow from, from us, from us. Okay, we have a lovely church building, but the church building cannot heal anyone. Okay, it can't do anything. It's a building. It can't even move from where it is. But we are. We're the living temple. We're the living people that go out to our workplaces and do things. So we have to be filled with the Spirit, and we bring healing, and we bring life. When you are fully given and fully taken by the Spirit, the outcome is not just for you. The outcome, it's for your family. It's for your friends. It's every person you come in contact with. So think about it. It's not just for you. Yes, you'll get touched. You'll have amazing things happen, but it's not just for you. And if you're a person like, I'm not really, well, everybody's evangelistic, but I consider Joanne the most evangelistic person ever, and I wish I was like her. But every, like, when you go places, like, just Jesus will flow out of you. And it, you don't even have to mention Jesus. But it's great if you do. Um, but it's just like you just radiate. There's just something. You know, I think of Mark. He, he works out at the raft base. You know, he care, what he carries will influence those people. So it's not just when, the, when you're fully given and fully taken by the Spirit, the outcome is not just for you. So if you keep that in mind, yes, you will benefit, definitely. But it's not for you. It's for our city. It's for our region. It's for our nation. It's for our family. So if your family is not saved, not spirit-filled, not, not even wanting to hear anything, this is for them. You, you are for them, being fully taken and fully given. The next point is, is be a generation in partnership with God and with one another. So be a generation in partnership with God and one another. Now, it is so easy to be in partnership with God, right? We're like, yeah, me and God, we're good. But one another, especially if like I'm a type A, you're a type B, we probably don't meld very well. So, of course, we're like, yeah, we can totally partner with God, but God, do I really want to partner with them? We don't think the same way. But that's where we got to move from the natural, the surface level, and really come into partnership with those around us. This is probably one of the biggest things about 
our church is the, that people notice, am I right, the connection that we have together. I've grown up in church. I've been a part of great churches and simil very similar to this where the connection was strong. And people see that. Because these days when you go to church, you go to church and you leave. And you may know a handful of people. And you're not really connected. Like you're connected with a handful of people. But like all of us, I'm pretty sure I know everyone here. And like if a new person comes and they've been for coming for a couple of weeks, I make sure I like go because I'm like, I've seen them. I haven't met them yet. That sort of thing. We're just so, there's just such a connection when you come in partnership with people. There's just, there's just something that comes. And this season, we have to be in partnership with one another more than ever. More than ever. Not, partnerships not as the world sees. Where you only enter to get out something for yourself. This is called collaboration. That's pretty much what it is. A partnership where in the world is collaboration. What can you do for me? What can I do for you to make puff me up? Do me. You know, you put me on your social media, I'll put you on my social media so we can engage more followers and get more likes. That's pretty much what partnership in the world today is. In a business place, you know, people who don't even like you will pretend they like you because they're trying to get something from you. Am I not right? Who's worked in the corporate arena? Like, it's just like, oh, I'll be not, here's your muffin this morning. And you're like, but by the way, could you do this for me? And I'm sure you'll get an outcome for it. And it's just like, it's, it's for themselves. So we can't have partnership like that. Partnership in this season requires connection. A joining together and a laying down of self. Laying down of yourself. Now, this one is a hard one. Because if you like yourself or you like how you are, I'm a very organized person, and I like that for myself. And so when I come into work with someone who's not organized, I'm like, oh, it's okay. We'll be on the same page somehow. So, like, we've got to really come and work together no matter our differences. No matter um, our, maybe we've had um, quarrels in the past, or we don't see eye to eye, or we have a different opinion. It's okay to have a different opinion. I have actually never been in a church where more people have so many different opinions and have no problem telling you. But it's okay because we're in connection. We're in covenant. We're, we, we joy, we're in such partnership. I mean, come on, anyone who's married, do you agree with them all the time? Oh, I'm the only one. Okay. <laughs> it's all right. We just renovated our house, so we were never really on the same page. And he's not here, so that's why I can say that. But when you have a partnership, you don't always, I want to say this, this is where I want to think, you don't, your opinions never match, but you need to come into agreement, okay? So you can have a different opinion, it's okay, but you must have an agreement. So partnership, a joining together is laying down yourself, and it's also being vulnerable and accountable. This is like... Most people don't want to do this. Like this is really where, where you lay down being vulnerable with someone, you know, I'm, I'm struggling or I'm, you know, I don't really want to talk about this issue with anyone because I'm obviously the only one who deals with this when you'll find out when you talk to someone that you aren't. But like there's a real vulnerability when you come into partnership because you have to be able to be open and the other person has to be able to be like, it's okay, it doesn't surprise me. Like Heidi's the best at this. <laughs> you th I'm thinking, oh, she's going to be really surprised when I say this. Nah, doesn't, her face doesn't even, she, in fact, she's like, ah, ah, and you're just like, oh, I thought that was going to surprise you. Maybe that's her way of 
being surprised, but not. But anyways, like we just have to come into a joining together of vulnerability and an accountability. Nobody these days want to be accountable. Nobody. Not even to go to the gym. I'm not telling you I'm going to go to the gym because if I don't go this week, you don't know that. So nobody wants to go, be accountable these days because they don't want to lift themselves to a higher standard. That's a higher standard of living. That's a higher standard of partnership when you can come into accountability with someone. When you're struggling, say, I'm struggling with this. I need help, and I need you to keep me accountable. And when they do, don't get upset. Or you can get upset for a little while, but you better change. Like, you better change because... Being accountable is just really being open because I don't know about you, but anyone I'm in covenant with here has my best interest at heart. Like, even if they don't say it right, I don't say everything right. Okay, first person to put my hand up. Doesn't always come out the way I want. I even try to be, like, so nice, so nice. I, like, channel Julian's niceness. And I'm like, oh, I'm going to be, you know, even if I'm like, really, we've got to deal with this. I'm like, so... <laughs> It's probably something, I mean, you know, <laughs> and I try to be so nice, and then I'm like, I walked away, I'm like, was I a bit firm? Was I a bit much? Was I a bit more? But my intention is like, my heart is like so big, and I know that that I can probably, I can speak for everyone here, right? I, I am going to speak for you, because I know your heart towards me, who's made up, who hasn't always been right, who hasn't done things right, who hasn't been accountable, who hasn't always been vulnerable, but I know the partnership, and it takes you higher. And to be a generation in this time, we have to be in partnership with one another. Pastor Brian said this, I'm not exactly sure what message, in fact, he probably just said it in prayer. He said, unity without assignment will turn into self-serving. Unity without assignment will turn into self-serving. All of us, we have our individual assignment, but if you are a city builder, you are part of the church, we have an assignment in this church. And when we come together in unity, it's not just for ourselves, it's, it's for everyone else. So unity without assignment will turn into self-serving. So if you feel like you're pretty self in the things, get back on the assignment. Get back into the flow. Get back with people. I know that there have been times where, I mean, thing, different situations have happened, and I've just been like kind of not off the grid, but I haven't really connected, even if it's, I mean, I may have been here physically, but maybe my heart hasn't been correct, connected right, and you just feel off. You feel like off, and then, but I'm like, as soon as I just come back in line quickly, it's like a super quick adjustment. I catch up with someone. I talk to someone. I mean, literally, it's like, like, you like that, John, huh? <laughs> Uh, um, you're, it's like something just comes into alignment. And so if you're feeling that, I would encourage you, highly encourage you to connect with someone, to talk with someone, and just say, this is how I'm feeling. I'm feeling a bit bleh. You don't even, even if you're like, I don't really know what's going on, but I'm just, you know, I don't feel like this. There will become an alignment. There will just come. And we may not have the prophetic word of God for you, but we'll have something because God knows what you need in that time. So just a couple of scriptures just to back that up. We've got Psalms 133.1. It says, how good and how pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. So how good and how pleasant it is for people to come together in unity. When there's disunity, the enemy can work like he works double time. He works double time. If he can cause offense, if he can cause 
anything to just get in, he will take it. It's like the door, so don't allow the door to be open because if you open the door, he's like, whoa, here I go. Let's go. Let's get in there. Let's, let's talk to their mind and be like, you know, she thought that about you and you did this and you shouldn't have done that and, you know, and this is what they said and blah, 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 blah. And it just, there's no unity. So guard yourself. I really highly encourage you, guard yourself in this time because there will be people that will want to come and cause disunity. That's all. They'll just want to separate. You know, if Beck and I were really best friends and someone just came along and be like, is she really your best friend? Is she really like that? And you're like, well, yeah. And then the, the enemy just plays thoughts on your head. So you've got to really guard yourself against that. Ephesians 4.3, it says, endeavoring to keep the unity of the spirit in the bond of peace. So we need to endeavor to keep the unity of the spirit in the bond of peace. Now, this is not always easy. <laughs> Because sometimes you're connecting with someone and it's not always easy. It's not always peaceful. But endeavor. That means work as much as you can to keep the unity. In fact, if anything, work harder than you normally would to keep in the unity. This is what you have to do in marriage. When you're not on the same page, you've got, you've got to endeavor to work together and keep unity. That's what you've got to do. It's work. So sorry, guys, you've got to work. I know. You don't really want me to say that. <laughs> You're like, no. I think I, one thing, and I think I'll just quote Heidi because she said it to a friend yesterday. So um, she's like, Aussies don't really like to work. And I was like, yeah, they don't. Because <laughs> um, we were talking to someone who doesn't, who's not from here. She's uh, from another country. And she goes, well, we have to. Like, we have to work. And I was thinking, and like she was obviously talking about work physically, but sometimes we don't want to work on relationships. We're just like, whatever, whatever, they did this to me, and I'm not going to give them anything. But no, you've got to work, work even harder, double time to just create such a connection, such a unity in your relationships with one another. One another, it just creates such a bond. You, someone else, Jesus, three-stranded cord cannot be broken. All right? So when you connect and you really join, that's just when things, actually, you'll actually see when you come into that alignment, things will begin to take off for you. You might be wondering, you know, why, why isn't this taking off for me? Or I've tried really hard. Where are your relationships? Where are your partnerships at? Partnership and unity is the, responsi is the responsibility of each believer and is to pre be pursued earnestly. So it's your responsibility. It's my responsibility for us to connect. God cannot join you. Okay? You, he's given that responsibility to us. He said, here's someone, connect with them. You have to be the one. Okay, I got to go connect with them. Like he's not going to be like, the spirit, join. Yeah. No, you've got to be the one. It's a responsibility of each believer and is to be pursued earnestly. Some words that have come out is reprioritize, to come together, to converge, to unite, to become one voice. Learn to sing in unison. Now, some of you might not sing, but unison means sing together. We don't want the person who's ah, up there. I often do that. Amy brings me back in line. So we must sing into unison. We must come together. Don't allow yourself to be scattered or out of sync. Like I said before, if you've gotten out of sync, do everything you can to move back. Everything you can to move back quickly. It's not very hard. Sometimes, I know I've thought this when I feel like I'm just really way off. I feel like it's so, it's so far that I can't get back. And then I go and talk to someone and it's like, boom. And I was just like, wow, that wasn't really as hard as I thought. <laughs> or I, maybe I wasn't as far as I 
off to the left than I thought I was. But because the frequency can just, when you tune a radio, the frequency is just a little bit, you know, if you're like this and that, you just adjust it. Just a little bit adjustment. So if you feel, if you feel scattered or you felt out of sync, do what you can to move back. Connect again. Do what makes you buoyant. I am a firm believer in doing what makes you get your spirit back to buoyancy. Because when you get your spirit back to its place, it will govern your, your body and your mind. So what makes you buoyant? Is it like I would suggest it, the number one thing is to connect with someone. Second thing is connect back with God and just find what it is that keeps your spirit lifted. Because when your spirit is lifted, even when you're tired or your mind is playing games with you, when you have the spirit, it brings things back into alignment. So do what it is to keep yourself buoyant and connect again. So that's the thing. Be in partnership with God, but be in partnership, in unity. Come together with one another. This is the thing the enemy hates. He will do everything to scatter people. If, if we were a church and we were all scattered, how, how effective will we be? Not effective. So the enemy works double time to separate, to do everything, to make sure that you are not on the same page or even in the same book. But God brings together unity, and we've got to work for it. The third point is, be a generation that seeks to become and build a well-ordered house. And we know this message from Pastor Brian, and I remember when he, he preached it, I just had like this boom revelation um, about being a generation that seeks to become and build a well-ordered house. He said, generational blessing comes as a result of this. So when we ourselves are a well-ordered house, and we as a people in a church are a well-ordered house, blessing comes as a result of that, and it's not just blessing, again, for us. It's for generations to come. So we need to seek, seek after this. And here's how I really want to, like, show you the correlation of it. Um, I won't read these, but in Genesis 25, verse 29 to 34, this is when Esau sells his birthright to Jacob because he was hungry. Go and read it if you don't know the story. Esau and Jacob were brothers. Esau was the oldest, so obviously he gets the blessing, the reward. He didn't really care about it. He was hungry and wanted Jacob to give him food. And Jacob's like, well, I'll give you food, like a bowl of mush for your birthright. Who does that? But he was like, yeah, I'll take it because I'm starving. So he sells his birthright. So here's the difference between Jacob and Esau. Jacob was hungry for the blessing, the birthright. He wanted it. I mean, he, he didn't deserve it. Or, you know, he knew, oh, I'm the second. It just doesn't, you know, you don't get it. But he's like, but I want it. But I want that blessing. And then Esau, who actually just automatically comes to him, he's like, I'm just hungry. I'll give you anything for, my, for that bowl of mush. Like, I'll give you anything. And he's like, and Jacob, a deceiver, was like, well, anything. I'll take your birthright. So both of them, like their priority of the birthright was not where it needed to be. So Jacob was one who wanted the blessing. Esau that speaks of his flesh. So he was hungry naturally and would trade anything. So who are you going to be? Someone out of the spirit where you desire blessing or I prefer the natural. I just prefer my needs to be met. Just make sure that rent is paid every month. You don't want to be like that. Jacob was so, so wanted that he wrestled with it. And that's in Genesis 32, 22 through 32 where Jacob wrestles with God. And so some other correlations if. So if you're writing on this page, like do a little thing and be like Jacob, Esau. So Jacob, he was hungry for the blessing. Esau was hungry for, 
food, pretty much the natural, the flesh. So what are you hungry for? What are you hungry for? Do you want the blessing? Do you want all that God can give you? Or are you just concerned about your natural needs here, now, maybe even your children, as long as they're taken care of, by the time I'm gone, I'm good. No, we've got to be, this is about a generational blessing, something that's not just for us, but generations to come. Jacob desired covenant, where Esau desired convenience. So do we want covenant? Do we really want to come into covenant with each other, covenant with God? Or do we just want to have convenience? I'll come to church when I want. I will um, serve when I want and work when I want. So pretty much covenant takes work. Like I said, we've got to work. Covenant takes work. Convenience doesn't. That's why it's convenience. We were all very happy when self-checkout came because it was so convenient. It was just boop, boop convenience. That's just natural things. We all want convenience. I, wanna, I want to look beautiful without doing anything. Like, I want to do this without having to work out, but you can't. So what do you want, covenant or convenience? Jacob had an encounter which changes you, whereas Esau just had an experience, and it feels nice. So do you want an encounter? Because an encounter will completely change you. When you have an encounter with God, Nobody can tell you any different. So like Mark, when he had an encounter with God or encounters, whatever, you can't go and be like, nah, that didn't really happen. No, God didn't really change your life, right? Yeah, you're like, no, he changed my life. He changed my marriage. But if you have an experience, an experience is just nice, like riding a roller coaster. You're like, oh, that was nice. Or uh, cotton candy makes me feel nice. Like that, it's just it fades. An experience fades. So we need to go after the encounter. So I would encourage you when you are like in your time with God to be like, God, I want to encounter you. I want to encounter you. I want something to change. You know, I want my nature to change. This is what happened to Jacob when he wrestled with God. His nature changed. They, his name changed. But even like he was like, I'm going to touch the, the socket of your hip. So when you walk, you're going to have to walk differently. So he even walked differently. And so people were like, people noticed. They were like, you're walking differently. Oh, and your, your name is no longer Jacob. It's Israel. Okay. Yep. All right. Okay. We'll, we'll take that on. So it's, his encounter completely changed him. With the experience, someone might be like, oh, you had an experience. That's awesome. But next week you're like, oh, no, I didn't really feel anything. So we've got to encounter God. Ask God. God, I want this, every Sunday we should really just be encountering God. But I would encourage you in your own time, God, I want something to shift. I want something to change. If you pray in tongues, ask for a new tongue. You don't want to sound the same 20 years later. You want, like, your, your spiritual language to develop. Covenant trains you to be sharp. Convenience makes you dull. I remember when Pastor Brian said this, convenience makes you dull. When you're convenient, you don't work, so you become dull. But covenant trains you to be sharp. It sharpens you. When you come into partnership with people, it sharpens you. It doesn't feel nice, but it sharpens you. It sharpens who you are. It makes you, um, it just, it, I really have not the words for it. it. Like, it just sharpens you. You just become, in fact, sometimes you look and you're like, wow, I've grown. I was there and I'm here. I don't really know what the in-between, but it, something took place. And it was really a sharpening. So Jacob would stop at nothing to get the blessing, whereas Esau had no desire for the blessing. He saw no value in it. 
We must see value in what God has given. We must see value in what's coming out, the word that is coming out. We must value it. Now, it's... I'll give you a tip. So, you know, a lot comes out, especially on a Sunday morning, especially from Pastor Brian. You're like, oh, my gosh, you can't get every point down. What spoke to you? Lock, lock onto that. I mean, we've, we've gone from prayer from Thursday and Friday, which I was like, this is really cool. I'm like, Tuesday, Friday, I can't even remember anything. I'm writing so much down. It's, like, so good. But then I just go back, and I'm like, Okay, what, what do I need to focus on? God, what are you speaking to me into this time? What is it that you're saying to me? Don't get too overwhelmed with that. Be like, God, what are you saying to me? What are you wanting me to change? What are you wanting me to move forward in? So Jacob, he had a blessing mentality, meaning, God, I want your blessing, not just for myself, but for others. And, we can, and then Esau had a bless me mentality, so you have a blessing mentality and a bless me mentality. So he was like, just do it for me. Nobody else, I've, I've got to survive this today. I just need to bless me. And this is, I have to say, and it's sad, but a lot of, probably 60% of churches are bless me. What's the pastor going to do for me this week? What's he going to do? I, it's all about me. What's, and you just see this. And these are mega churches, small churches. It doesn't matter. It's in both. Where it's like, bless me, it's all about me, all about even just my immediate family, just, you know, this. Whereas, and that is, I want what I want, and I want it now. And whereas blessing mentality is he knew it was more than just himself. So we can't have, we need to have a blessing one, not a bless me mentality. If you've had a blessing mentality, no problem. Quickly change. Quickly change. If you, especially if you grow up in church, sometimes it's just automatic to be like, oh, bless me, I didn't get prayed for. I didn't get, you know, a word spoken over me, you know. Okay, go find your own word. Like, like, I just find it so funny because I've grown up in America, and I can talk about it. So, because I'm American. <laughs> um, but they've had this. They'd be like, oh, I didn't get prophesied. What's the word for me? And they, like, specifically, like, line up in the pastor and be like, come on, come on, give me a word. Like, go home and get your own word. Like, let God speak to you directly. Like, seriously, do you only hear at church? Do you only hear here or from the pastor only? Except for, like, there's a leader going, oh, you should do this. Oh, no, I, I only do what the pastor says. Or I only do what this says. I actually really hate that one. Like, I only do what the pastor says. <laughs> so go from a bless me mentality to a blessing mentality. And be like Jacob. I will not go. I will not let go until you bless my soul. So, God, I will not. I will not stop. <laughs> I, I, I will not stop until something changes in me. Something really shifts in me. This is a season of shifting and changing, whether you like it or not. Sh you will need to shift or you will get left behind. I know that's so harsh. I was really trying to be nice, but I can't. If you don't shift, you'll get left behind. And who wants to do that? Yes, God's grace is there and you can catch up. But if you can make that little adjustment, why not? Why not just do it? Covenant brings generational blessing, whereas convenience brings only a temporary blessing. So you might think, oh, I'll just, you know, it's just, oh, it's just convenient. And you, you might have a little bit of blessing, but it'll fade. It'll fade. It won't last. Whereas generational blessing is what it says, generational. It goes beyond you. So just have these two things in mind. When I got this, when Pastor Brian spoke this message, 
um, a couple of months ago on a Sunday, I literally went home and I was just like typing this because I was just like, oh my gosh, that's the difference and the difference and the, you know, that that's the difference between the natural, the spiritual and how this and how that. And it's just a super easy adjustment. It's nothing, it's nothing magnificent except for just surrendering. You know, I've always, since I was a young girl, been not my will, God, your will be done. In every, I've been like, in everything I remember when I was 18, and it was like, oh, you know, I'm moving out of my parents' house. This is like a real, not my will, but your will be done, God. Like, uh, yes, I've had, I mean, I've had God experience, but, you know, I was living at my parents' house. They never said it, but I'm sure if I wanted to backslide, that would have never happened. But it was like, this is concrete for me. Not my will, but your will be done, God. Like, I want to carry out your will, your assignment, and do what you've called me to do. And that's what it means to be a well-ordered house. Get your house in order. That doesn't mean to go home and clean your house physically. Clean your house. Get it in order. Get into alignment. It is super easy. It is, like, yes, sometimes it's hard, and it's like, like before, the point before, connecting with someone and being like, I'm struggling with this, or I'm having a hard time with this, or I'm doing this, but I want to shift, but I want to change, but I want to be a person that carries what God has in me. When you begin to do this, when you begin to push out all that is not of God, it makes room for God to pour into you and to really begin to, uh, I just want to say amazing things can happen, not just in your life, but what God is doing in our church and in our region. So just quickly run over these points. Be a generation fully given to and fully taken by the Spirit of God. Don't allow, just don't go knee deep, ankle deep, waist deep. Be a, be a person who strives to just be overtaken by the Spirit. When you're at home, God, be like, God, I want to be overtaken by you. God, I want your Spirit to rise inside of me. I want your Spirit to dominate, to overcome everything in my life. Begin to pray like this. this is how I pray all the time. I Back and forth in my room, I'm like, God, you've created me to be this. If you don't know what to say, get into the Word of God. It, you will have more than enough to say because God's called you to be more than enough. He says, greater is he who is in you than he who is in the world. Begin to declare those things over you. Begin to say, I'm going to be fully taken by you. I'm going to be fully given by you. I'm going to I'm going to shift. God, shift me. Change me. Do what, I need. do what you need to do to take me from where I am to where you need to be. Take my family. Just start to declare and speak these things out and be overtaken. And don't be surprised when things come up. Because you've just asked God to help you. <laughs> Sorry, I just get it so funny because it's like, what have I really asked for, God? <laughs> and God's like, cool, pinpoint that. Oh, no, that's not what I wanted. I, was, uh, I wanted the nice things. But God's like, this will help you get to those things. Be a generation in partnership with God and, more importantly, with one another. Move from the surface le level and natural to the supernatural it requires connection, vulnerability, account, accountability, a joining together. Let yourself come in unity. And remember, unity without assignment will turn into self-serving. In fact, go on a, an assignment to connect with people. Be like, hey, you want to catch up? And if they're like, not today, cool, win. Like, I had to be like that. I'm like, yeah, no worries, win. Or I'm free this day, this day. Like, be like so, like, go after it. Don't be like, ugh. They can't today, so I guess it wasn't meant to be. Mm, or your schedule's clashed. That's all that happened. Do everything you can to connect in this season, to really come together in this season. Because this, 
is what will cause our church to rise even to its greater assignment. But if we don't come together here, how could we do that? And I really believe that past, um, that God is taking Pastor Brian and Lynn to a new level into that stature where that is, and we have to come up too. That's why the water level is rising, and we need to come up too. We can't be what we were even last year. Shake off the COVID thing. I had to shake that off. I was like, I really enjoyed like being home all the time. I loved it. I'm such a homebody. It was like the best two years of my life. I don't know about anyone else. But I was like, this is awesome. I don't have to do anything. <laughs> I can finally take a break and everybody's taking a break too. So I don't have FOMO. It was the best thing. And I just remember when we got back in, I was like, oh, oh my gosh, are you kidding me? You know, Julian's like, we got to do this. I'm like, yeah, okay. I'm just like, oh my gosh, I just had the most restful season of my life. I'm like, it was so nice. I actually got to play with my kids. <laughs> but then God was like, snap out of it. And I was like, I don't want to. And I didn't. I actually was like, no, I don't, I'm going to stay here for a little while. It's kind of nice. And God was like, snap out of it. Snap out. And that was one of those things where I was just like, in my room, I've got to shift. My mentality, and it was that quick. It was just, it was, and then as the weeks went by, it was just, and I was like, because I was like, why am I struggling so much? Even though I'm so rested and I don't have so much, a lot to do. And God's like, because you're not where you're supposed to be. You're not where you're supposed to be. So I just would encourage you to make those shifts. And then the last one is be a generation that seeks to become and build a well-ordered house. Not only in your own home, which is you, like your temple of the Holy Spirit, build a well-ordered spirit, a well-ordered house in you. If there's things coming up, just deal with them. Just deal with them quickly. Just, okay, that came up. And then be the one that we want to be a well-ordered house, a, a unit together, and really rise to what God is calling us to be. So I just want everyone to close their eyes as I just begin to pray. I just want, even if you want to stand, I just want to pray if you want, if any of those points spoke out to you, you know, God, I just pray right now, just lift your hands. I just pray, God, that we would be fully given to and fully taken by your spirit, God, that this would be a desire of our heart in the name of Jesus, a desire to be fully taken by your spirit. Let it overflow us. Let it overtake us, Father God. Let it come like never before, Father God. Let us go after it and be like Jacob and say, do not let us go until you bless us. Do not let us go, Father God, until your spirit. It's just, it's, it's boiling over, Father God. God, we desire this. God, we desire more of you, Father God. Not more of just religion, but God, more of your spirit, Father God. Your spirit cuts through the darkness. Your spirit cuts through, Father God. Everything that is not of you, Father, in the name of Jesus, let us be fully taken by your spirit, Father God. Let us come together with one another. Just join hands with one another across your seats. Just join together. God, I thank you, Father God. Come on, join together your hands. I want your hands to join together. God, make us, Father God, a three-stranded cord that cannot be broken, Father God. Join us like never before, Father God. Let our partnerships be so strong in Jesus' name. Let our unity be so strong, Father God. God, we just thank you for it in the name of Jesus. Join our hearts. Knit our hearts just like David. David and Jonathan, their hearts were so knit together, Father. God, we thank you that our hearts would be so knit together that no matter what the battle is raging, Father God, our hearts are joined together. No enemy can come through. When we lock arms, when we lock shields, the enemy has no 
chance. We push back the enemy just by being joined together. Father God, we thank you for it. And God, most importantly, let us align with you and be a well-ordered house, Father God, because we know it's not just for ourselves, but it's for the generations to come, God. God, we thank you. Father God, do a work inside of us. Shift what needs to be shifted. Change what needs to be changed. Align what needs to be aligned, Father God. Whatever is not of you, Father God, we just pray right now that it would be removed. Let our hearts be fully given, Father God. Let our spirits be fully given, Father, in the name of Jesus. Oh, God, we just thank you. Father God, we just thank you. I just want you to lift your voice and just say thank you to God for what you're doing in this season. Let us join as one. Let us come together, Father God. Oh, Father God, it's not for us, Father God, but it's for the assignment in the name of Jesus. Let us be a rising generation in this time, Father. God, we just thank you. We just thank you right now in the name of Jesus. Come on, give him a shout of praise. Hallelujah.